Welcome everyone to the Optimal Performance Podcast. My name is Sean McCormick. I'm a life coach, performance coach, wellness entrepreneur, and it's my pleasure to bring to you every single week the world's leaders in the field of performance so that you can live your life at its most optimal level. Plus, cutting edge ideas so that you can stay ahead of the curve in an ever-changing world. Let's dig right in. Oh, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Optimal Performance Podcast. I'm your host, Sean McCormick. You can find me on Instagram at McCormick or Optimal Performance Podcast. If you have not been to the website yet, go to OptimalPerformancePodcast.com, and there you will find discounts to sweet biohacking gear, uh, archives of past episodes, a little bit about me, and some other cool little goodies in there for you if you are a listener of this podcast week in, week out, or if this you're brand new to it. Welcome. Uh, there's a lot there for you. On today's episode, we are joined by Dominique DeVita. And Dominique DeVita is a teacher of the tantric arts. She's a tantra coach. She works with couples. She works with all sorts of individuals. She's got a history in nursing and she has a really incredible story and a really amazing grasp on how Tantra can help you perform at a higher level. And just like any time that we talk about sex, uh, it can be a little bit uncomfortable for some people who are uh, maybe a little bit closed off to this. But the fact of the matter is, is that this is a really important part of who we are as people. And the more that we can know tools and techniques that will help us be healthier and happier in all facets of our lives, including our uh, intimate lives in the bedrooms, um, then I'm happy to share this with you. The other cool part is that Tantra really begins with the relationship to yourself. And I didn't really know that, that it starts with having developing a physical relationship with yourself, how to harness sexual energy. Uh, in this episode, we cover Tantra as a tool, um, how it begins with yourself, using your sexual energy to become more powerful and thus mastering yourself. We talk about what the difference is between romance and intimacy. We talking about we talk about the surpassing the discomfort associated with being alone, Tantra and dating, having intentions using dating apps, and we talk about some of the people from the influencers, big 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 names from the past like Tesla and Steve Jobs. Einstein, Napoleon Hill, who used these techniques that she teaches to increase their creativity and be the best, most authentic versions of themselves. Really fascinating episode today. And um, I, it's, it's cool. I mean, I learned a whole bunch about this. And Dominique is a really warm, really kind person. She's, um, she's obviously really good at what she does. And you can find her at yestantra.com. Uh, and, um, yeah, I'm really excited to bring this episode to you. And if you have any questions, you can go find her on Instagram at yes, Tantra, T-A-N-T-R-A is Tantra. And you can get in touch with her if you want to develop your sexual prowess, your sexual skills, your, uh, sexual relationships with, with your partners. And, um, I'm excited to bring this to you. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Dominique DeVita. And we're here with Dominique DeVita, who is the founder of Yes Tantra. Dominique, welcome to the Optimal Performance Podcast. Oh, thanks so much for having me here. I think I'd like to start with some definitions. Uh, you know, I think that most of us know what Tantra is and have heard of it, but may not understand what it means actually, like how, how it is, how it is practiced, what the benefits are. So if you could give us like you're explaining it to a third grader, well, that'd be inappropriate. Or <laughs> if you're explaining it to someone who has a like zero knowledge of it, how would you, how would you sort of lay out what, what Tantra is and what the benefits are? Now, Tantra is a tool. It's a Sanskrit word and it means to weave or to loom, to bring things together. So you bring a lot of different techniques and practices together for transformation and just to live your best life. And within that, you build such a great relationship with yourself and you have such a high level of self-mastery. It also spills over into your love relationships because once you master your relationship with yourself, then your relationships with everyone around you flourish. And so when you're able to have deep intimacy with yourself and love with yourself and you use tantric self-pleasure practices, you become your own best lover and then you become a better lover with other people as well. So people usually think Tantra is just about sex, but Tantra is really about opening up the whole world for you and 
letting you be at your peak performance with sex and inside the bedroom and outside the bedroom, like how you move through life. Because mm. what happens in the bedroom is also how you show up outside the bedroom as well. How we do one thing is how we do everything, kind of. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I definitely, definitely vibe with that. I mean, you, I've already learned something. I, I did, I did only think that uh, that tantra was between two consenting individuals. I didn't realize that that. Well, then, then maybe go a little step further and and explain uh, what self tantra is all about. It's actually the beginning. And for me, I had this misconception too. I thought that I needed a partner to learn Tantra. So that delayed my journey by a decade because I was just like waiting. I had a book and everything. I was just, and if I would have opened the book, I would have seen that there's practices, solo practices. So it all first begins with you, especially when I work with male clients. It's much easier for males to start these things as a solo practice because I'm teaching them how to do things like have sex for five hours, you know, how to separate their ejaculation from their orgasm so they can be multi-orgasmic too. And so that they don't deplete their energy with frequent ejaculation. And so it's easier for them to have this level of self-mastery on their own with their self-pleasure practices before they bring in a partner. And then the energetics of that partner can make it to where they go past the point of no return more easily. So you have that level of self-mastery. And then when you start to achieve this, they feel so much more power in their bodies. Pow- they feel more power in their penis, and they their magnetism, their confidence increases, and they attract better partners. So it's really great to first start as a solo practice, and then it will make your dating life so much easier because you'll attract better partners both for men and women. Hmm. Oh, that's cool. I like that. Yeah. Well, let, let's talk about dating a little bit. You know. Uh, we're in this really strange time where we are just starved for human connection. I mean, like hugs are against the law now. Handshakes are no longer a thing. I mean, of course, I'm being facetious and that's not what I believe to be true in actuality or or going forward. But um, especially with the clients that I work with, which is you know not 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 based in sexuality, uh, a lot of them are, are having a really hard time, like having meaning, meaningful connection, and it's essential to our to our emotional well being and our physical and our mental and spiritual well being. Um, how do you think of this strange time that we're in, where we're isolated, having to stay inside, and and how how we can how we can move through this gracefully? I mean, is is it online dating? Is it is it mastering? or on the path of mastery for self-tantra, and then when it's time to go out and see the world and, and, uh, and be with others, like how, how, do you, how do you think of this, this, this very prescient time that we're in and how it relates to what we're talking about? Yeah, what I'm finding during this time and with clients that I'm having or people that are interested in working with me when we speak is everyone, their shit is really coming up for them because so many people are not comfortable being with themselves. Yeah. Like they want solitude, Time with themselves is scary for them. And whenever you start to master Tantra, you actually relish those moments. You actually start to enjoy the time with yourself and you're not as afraid of being alone. And that helps you also be more selective because sometimes we just are so desperate for any kind of physical touch or attention or affection or to be around someone that will settle and will tolerate like a fuck boy or a fuck girl or people that really aren't really worthy of our time and are not the best choices for us just because we're so longing for that. And also not just that we need the physical touch from someone else, but because we can be so uncomfortable being alone. And before the lockdown, we could distract ourselves with, you know, going out, going out with traveling, with showing off our status symbols, with, you know, numbing out with going partying and going drinking and going dancing and just like not paying attention to what we need to focus on for ourselves. So this has really slowed things down and made people to have to really sit with themselves and really look at where are the things I need to work on and why is this so terrifying for me to be by myself? What's coming up for me? And then when they start to learn to relate to themselves better, then it when it becomes so much easier to deal with this and you can learn how to intimacy and connection even in long distance relationships with other people And so first working on yourself, doing your healing, and then when you start dating again, you're going to come from a better space because all relationships, we are our longest lasting relationship from our first breath to our last breath. And all of our other relationships are simply mirrors of the relationship we have with ourselves. Mm -hmm. So once we work on the relationship with ourselves, all of our other relationships are enhanced. 
Because, you know, and if we're very critical, let's say if we don't have a lot of self-love and our inner critic is always showing up and we're always, you know, negative self-talk, things like that. And if that's how we operate when we enter a relationship with someone else, that's going to surface with them. And then we'll be nitpicking of them. And then we won't be very loving of them because we don't even know how to do that for ourselves. So that's why in the initially in relationships, honeymoon period is really fun because everyone's on their best behavior. It's fun. You're getting a lot of attention and everything. But then this pops up again. If your partner is being an entrepreneur, is really busy or has some demands on their schedule and they're not always meeting every one of your needs and give you attention all the time, then you can feel rejected or you feel abandonment issues come up or you feel like, oh, you don't love me anymore. And all these things will surface. But really, we need to enter relationships from a place of abundance and not scarcity. Hmm. Our self-love cup is overflowing where we have amazing self-pleasure and even not masturbate in the ways that we usually masturbate. Have with Tantra, you do prolonged self-love and self-pleasure practices and techniques that are really so much different than what we usually think of doing when we masturbate. Yeah, I definitely want to circle back around to some of those techniques because I'm, I'm fascinated by it. And what better time to be exploring thyself than, than right yeah. now when you're spending so much time by yourself. So how does... You know, I, I don't know. I, it seems to me like most people meet online now, you know, dating apps. Uh, and I'm so out of school with this because I've, I've been, I've, I've been with one, I've been, I've had one partner since I was, a, since I was a kid. I mean, we, my wife and I have been together since we were 15. So like, wow, I, that's beautiful. I, it's, it's wonderful. And also I have zero experience in dating. So the, the, you know, what I hear from people is that it's just really challenging and this process of, you know, saying the right thing on, on, on this, these myriad apps where it's a, it's a commodity, right? There's just, you just got to get reps. You got to swipe, 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 swipe. And, and maybe there's a connection and maybe there's a spark, but you can, you know, you're, you're swipe away from someone brand new. How does, how would a, a practice of, of, of self Tantra or Tantra in general, um, how does that tie into this, this online dating paradigm that it seems like so many people are in right now? Yeah, great question. With with Tantra, you know, everything is about your intention and setting your intentions. And so when you're using even an app and you use it with intentionality, you can have a different result. Hmm. I've met amazing people that I've continued to be friends with through Tinder. But I had an intention and I used it as a tool. So I knew what my intentionality was when I used it. And so I used it to work for me, not against me. Now, I had one client and she calls me her happy, healthy, wealthy manifestation coach. And she had been single for a while and her friends would jokingly give her the tender and be like, oh, you need to get a date, go there. And they would just kind of be laughing about it, right? And swiping through and kind of making a game of it. And so when she shared that with me, I said, well, if you're going to approach it that way, it, you're not going to get the results you're looking for. Because you're, you're, you know, if you're approaching it as like, I only want to hook up or I'm not really respecting the other person or I don't have respect for myself, right? You know, you're going to get a different result. Mm. But when you put your intention, your focus, then you can really use it as a tool. So for me being a, a woman, always being approached by men, I wouldn't approach men. So being approached by men, I noticed later, what is this pattern that I have? And I had modeled, you know, right now I'm 52, but when I was younger, I had modeled and stuff when I lived in LA. And so you get all these men approaching you all the time. And then I had to think about it. Oh, the nice guys aren't approaching me because they're intimidated. So I'm being approached by the guys that approach everything that moves, right? Like they're on it. So then I'm going to end up choosing from the people that are approaching me. So then that's going to, that's the people that I'm attracting, right? Whereas with the Tinder, I was like, wow, this is fun. I can take a step back and look and look at the, you start to understand energy and reading energy too. And your intuition is more dialed in as well. So I could like look at their body language. I could look at their energy. I would look at how they would post. I would, I would say, and I had my intention setting and then I could attract really amazing people that are some of the most beautiful souls that are great friends to me, even though, you know, we decided it wouldn't go in a romantic way you know, we had great friendships because there was just a lot of mutual respect and everything within that. But I used it as a tool. And then when I taught this to one of my clients, she attracted a divine partner through using the dating app. She was about to shut it down. She was like, I really hate doing this. I was like, just hold in, make a list of the things that you're wanting. So it's all about the power of the intention. And we were, another powerful point is we were created from sexual energy. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right. So sexual energy is our life force energy. So when we know how to focus our turn on, focus our arousal and use our sexual energy and focus it in on what we want to create in our lives, we can create a life that we desire. What is our heart really wanting? So if you you're familiar with Napoleon Hill's book, Think and Grow Rich, chapter 11 is titled Sexual Transmutation. So that is just using the power of your sexual energy, like tapping into your intimate power to create the life that you want. And these were techniques that were used by Nikola Tesla, Steve Jobs, Albert Einstein to tap into their creative genius. So we're powerful creators. So just owning your power and not having shame. We have so much shame about our sexuality, shame around sex, shame around our turn on. And, and we're not really fully living in a place of empowerment. So we operate from our logical mind and we overthink and overanalyze everything, but we're not really embodied in our bodies as to how powerful we are and, and how kind of dialed in that we can really be we're like magnets, right? So magnets are going to either attract something or repel something. We have this energy. So with Tantra, you elevate your energy up and you become this magnet to attract what it is you want, like law of attraction, like attracts like. But then you add your sexual energy and those other Tantra techniques with it. And it's like turbocharging your sexual, um, your law of attraction hmm. abilities. Oh my gosh. I have so many questions just flying through my head. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so, we can have a part two. <laughs> good, good, good. I, I tell me more about, uh, Tesla, Steve jobs, uh, the connection there. Uh, what, what did they do? How did they do it? What was it? Um, they, it's been reported that Nikola Tesla had spent time in India and had practiced with some of the people because Tantra comes from India and he wasn't married and he was a very handsome man, but he was more focusing on using his sexual energy towards what he was wanting to create in the world towards his creation. And so it's been reported that Steve Jobs did this as well. And Albert Einstein. So, and I believe Thomas Edison. So a lot of the geniuses, they would really understood their own power. If you notice, whenever males will ejaculate, they fall asleep, right? So it can be so draining. When you think about females, we lose our energy through menstruation, through periods, and through childbirth. But when we're born, we have all of our eggs inside of us already, Males, every time that you ejaculate, you have to build up that reserve again. And you're letting out several what, thousands, millions of sperm that could each one create life. Like that's a lot of, of energy, of minerals, of things that you're just constantly leaking out when you're frequently ejaculating and you're not aware of it. So that's why males will fall asleep right after sex. And then females can be more energized with the orgasms and will stay awake. And in ancient Taoist techniques, which I merged that in and I use tantric techniques and then Eastern medicine techniques with Taoist uh, practices as well. And Taoist beliefs, it's believed that the reason that lifespan on average for females is longer than males is the fact that males lifespan is shortened by frequent ejaculation. And they use these, they got They did a study and they got these specific worms that are kind of similar in symbology ways to humans, but their lifespan is only 28 days. They got one group of worms and let them breed as usual. The other group of worms, they had given them like, like a little vasectomy. They'd given them a snip so that when they had sex, they wouldn't be ejaculating. And the lifespan of the worms that they snipped either doubled or tripled. I'm thinking tripled. I know at least doubled their lifespan wow. because they weren't constantly draining and then having to build up this reserve again. So a lot of times you'll feel like my clients will feel more energized when they start ejaculating so frequently. And I do have one story. I have a client that I worked with. He's like in his sixties and he, his wife was like, okay, now that I'm menopausal, I'm not having pain with sex and I want to have sex. Like her drive was going up and I'm not having pain but he was having challenges and he was having erectile dysfunction and even Viagra wasn't always helping him. So he started working with me. We worked together for about six months. He started doing these like exercises and practices and technique techniques. I taught him to strengthen his erection and to help his sexual energy flow through his body. And then he continued to do them for after we started working together for another month or so. And then he emailed me. He says, I'm fully functioning. I'm pharmaceutical free. My wife is happier than ever. I'm ready to take this to the next level. And he would always tell me, even when we worked back together then, like, I want to thank you. And my wife wants to thank you. Mm -hmm. She's older. She was a little shy to work with me one-to-one, -one, but she was like, 
the work I was doing with him was benefiting her, right? Mm. So when we started working together again, he says, my wife keeps thanking me for the work that I've been doing. And she says, she's so excited to see how this next level is going to be. So I did another session with him and talked with him some more on some more things now that he had reached that level. And then the next time I talked to him, he was like, oh, I had like a, a marathon Monday before work with my wife. We had sex for an hour. She had, Now she has at least eight orgasms at a time. And the next day I was ready to go again, but she couldn't even keep up with me because she mm. kind of got like a UTI from like all the sex. I was like, remind her to pee after, you know? <laughs> uh, but, and she was like, now I need to do stuff to keep up with you. And he was like, I have never felt so much power in my penis. I was like ready to go the next day. He was like, I wish I would have discovered this 15 years earlier. Yeah. And so it's so powerful, but men don't understand how powerful they are and that they're just giving away their power by either being distracted with porn and with frequently ejaculating. And then they're just like kind of wiped out again. And then they have to build back up and they don't get their reserve of energy up. And when their energy goes up higher, my clients will be like, Oh, I'm feeling more creative. I'm much more creative in my business. I'm having more energy to do things. And it's just so wild just to see the shifts that they're experiencing. And they had no idea. Yeah. Oh man, that's so cool. That's so cool. Yeah, I, I recently had uh, John Gray um, on on the podcast and he was explaining that like, you know, once a week, that's how often you should ejaculate. Once a week. It doesn't mean that you can't have orgasms more frequently, but once a week because you need that testosterone. And uh, and that alone was just like, oh, blew my mind. And I, you know, I imagine when people are hearing this for the first time, it, it, it should intuitively click for them, right? Like, especially for the fellas, right? They, they, they know how they feel after they, you know, quickly dip into the opposite room and pull up some porn on their phone and, and, you know, ejaculate and then feel guilt, shame, tired, cranky, moody. And it seems to me that, that, that a lot of this stuff is, uh, I think that we kind of know it intuitively and um, okay. So I'm going to jump around a lot just because there's, there's a lot of different areas and, and that I want to get to. Um, you mentioned vasectomies and, um, let's just say I'm asking for a friend. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. I have concerns, um, because I don't want, I don't, I don't want an unneeded surgery. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to halt any of my normal biological procedures. Um, and I don't really know. I, I, I I'm 37. I'm a grown up got two kids, a couple of businesses, and I still don't know like what happens in a vasectomy, what happens afterward. What, what actually, well, I know what happens, but what does that do to, what would that do to one's, to a man's sexual energy or their potential to use that sexual energy, like you said, to, to do more in the world and to manifest at a greater level? You know, if you're not frequently ejaculating, some fluid will still be coming out. But if you're not having the full ejaculation, you probably would still have the benefits like the worms had once they were snipped, right? Hmm. And it's so much easier for a male. It's such a much easier procedure than a tubal for a woman. It's, you know, it's more minor, less invasive, and you can go home right away. Um, ice will be your best friend if you choose to do that. I'm also a, a registered nurse. Um, so I understand about I've recovered patients and helped patients with tubules and with these procedures. So people don't realize how it impacts a female's body to take hormones. And I wish I had known that and right. had that awareness when I was younger because the hormones, they really cause a lot of havoc in women's bodies. And so for them to constantly be having to take that to prevent pregnancy has a lot of risk for it. So if that's something that you're open to doing, I would encourage it. And then if you decided to reverse later, it's so much easier for a man to reverse than mm. for a woman as well. Got it. Okay. So it has more of a success rate on the reversal for males than for when women get their tubes tied. Got it. Got it. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. There'll I, be some discomfort, but it won't be as much discomfort as having a baby. And she did already do that. She did. She did. She's done. She's, she's done more than her fair share. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So what I'm hearing you say is it's not that big a deal. Uh, it can be reversed. You still, but I do, I mean, I do have cons like, like, just like you said, like I'm constantly replenishing these stores of, of sperm to, and, and it's a good thing, you know, they have minerals and, and mm -hmm. 
it's good for your body to actually keep that and retain that. Um, so then if, if, and when a, vas- a vasectomy happens, then am I not, I'm not producing that. I'm not, I'm not actually producing. You're still producing. You're just, it, the little pathway that's going to allow it to leave your body is going to be snipped. So it even with an orgasm, you may have a little bit spillage of some that just won't come out your urethra now, hmm. right? So you're still having the techniques where you learn. Because what I also teach my clients is just not the ejaculation. It's the knowing how to bring your arousal and your orgasm to where males can have full body orgasms. Like some of my clients will be like, I can feel my orgasm from my big toe to the top of my head. Whereas most males now, whenever they have an ejaculation, it's just like a genital sneeze. It's just really quick and it's focused in the genitals, just like if a woman has a clitoral orgasm. It's just focused in the in the genital area and it's like a real quick burst and it's over. Whereas for a woman, if she has a deeper orgasm, that's more profound, you know, and, and can feel so much more better. And women can have over nine different types of orgasms. This is what I teach my clients. But males can also have full body orgasms too. So in addition to when you're your, your turn on, you're going to do two techniques where you're using your breath work and other tantra tools so you can feel and allow that energy to expand and get your orgasms to be bigger and you can feel them all through your body. And pleasure is medicine. It's very healing hmm. for the men as well as the women. Yeah, I think that we need to be reminded of that, especially guys, that that, that it is it is medicine. It's 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 part of who we are. You know, I really liked what you said about, you know, we, we came from sexual energy. And so, you know, to honor that and to, and to, and to use that for our benefit to, to be, just be better. I mean, the title of the podcast is optimal performance and that, that includes, that includes your sexual energy and your sexual life too. Um, one thing that I, that I found that you, that you do your work, that you do your work with for your clients, uh, and that you talk about, um, I really enjoyed your content, by the way. I, I, oh, thank you so much. Yeah, you know, I, I snoop around. Oh, duh, I snoop around for all my guests. I do, I do research, but I don't do too much so that I can keep it accessible for people. So I know just enough to to ask insightful questions, but not so much that I, you know, that I've skipped ahead and 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 you know pretend like I know everything. But one of the things that that I saw that you talk about is is the ego, and the. the the shift that we're that we're going through right now on the planet um, is is so well. Maybe we don't need to go into the shift in the planet because let's just let's just. Talk. How do you define the ego? Before we get her answer, just one quick announcement, and then right back to the show. This episode of the OPP is brought to you by Fume, the breathable essential oils. Uh, you probably heard Braden on the last episode. I really do love this thing. I, I'm actually I have it right here. I'm holding it right as I do this ad. Um, why would you use fume? Why would you use uh, essential oils uh, in an inhaler? Well, you can use it for quitting smoking, for allergies, for reducing stress, for increasing immunity, for anxiety, congestion, headaches. There's a ton of reasons why you can use fume and how it works. Um, for me, it's nice to just have around. I like it. smells good. And um, I've been really hot on the peppermint um, because peppermint helps you focus. It opens up your lungs and I've been using it as a nootropic as I, you know, sit and edit podcasts. And I've also been using it as a pre-workout to just kind of get my blood flowing a little bit before I begin my X3 workout. So you can go to fumeessential.com. That's F-U-M-E essential.com. And when you get there, you can shop around a little bit, look at a couple of the different options that they have for, uh, packages like starter packages and use the code OPP for 10% off. Um, it's a really affordable, really effective way to use your, your olfactory system for habit formation. Like if you want to use, um, as a nighttime routine, you can use a lavender or you can use reassurance. Um, both of these blends are specifically made to help you relax and make you feel good. And they work. This is an awesome product. I really, really strongly um, really think that you should check this out, especially if you're trying to quit smoking or if you kind of have like an oral fixation, if you're always biting on pens, you know, or if, you know, biting your nails, um, you should really think about picking up um, an inhaler with fume and try all the different blends because they're amazing. Okay, back to the episode. Mm, Good question. The ego, we often think like that there's something bad about our ego. We need to replace our ego but our ego actually helps to keep us safe and it's just this inner part of our aspect of our being 
um, that's really influences our personality, how we interact with people so much. But it's really something in us that is keeping us safe. You know, our ego, a lot of times will do things because out of fear, because it wants to protect us. So with Tantra, we're really working with the ego in a way of where we can operate from a place of love instead of fear. So instead of being so fearful approach of a life, you have a more loving approach to life. But you're not going to want to completely be detached from your ego or say that your ego is bad. It's part of integration where you integrate all aspects of yourself and you're like, I'm perfectly imperfect. And you're not striving for perfection. You're not striving to annihilate the ego because everything has its place in our life. And with like the yin and the yang, the duality, it's kind of like the dance. You just don't want to be extremely and allow your ego to run the show. You can let your ego like have a, you know, you can not, you're not the driver anymore. You can sit in the back seat. Don't backseat drive. You can be here. I respect there's some things that I benefit from you, but you're not running the show anymore. You know, you're not in charge of how we're, moving through the world all the time. Hmm. So what are some ways that we can address that, practice that, and and keep the ego just right in that sweet spot? Hmm. It's a challenging dance. Like we're always, yeah. it's always going to be a journey that we're always trying to do. But to lean into the things that are more self-love, you know, um, dropping shame because the ego the, you know the ego is going to have you you're you're going to tap in your ego and you're going to want to be perfect and you're going to feel shame about things and shame will motivate you to act more from your ego right so we want to operate more from the settings of if you if you look at like the emotional body there's like a scale an energetic scale and like on the lower levels of like frequencies and energies the lower level energies are like hate and envy and that's at the bottom and as you raise your frequency and you're emitting that more from love and joy and from those places and pleasure and enlightenment are at the higher vibration on the scale. So when you're not operating solely from your ego and you're more open from your heart space and like connecting more to your soul and your purpose, you're elevating up your frequency and things that you can do to do that are like powerful self-pleasure practices being in love with your own body, being in love with yourself. And a lot of times we think, oh, that's so ego driven. That's so narcissistic. It's not, it's not unhealthy to love yourself. And my ability to love myself is my ability to love another. So once I start to have a healthy relationship with myself and I don't shame myself and I'm not resenting myself, then I'm going to operate better when I interact with other people. Cause I'm going to see them as like, oh, I understand. I get that. I can even see aspects of myself and other people and vice versa. Hmm. So you just see, you kind of tap into more connecting with everyone. And ego, I think, is more like separation in a way, right? It's like yeah. you against them, me against you, you know? Yeah. Like a more of an antagonistic relationship. Yeah. How, how do how do boundaries, um, how do you think about boundaries? Because this, you know, the, the, in the, within the space of sexual energy, um, you know, both self-pleasure and self-tantra and also connecting with others and, and having, you know, having, having a, uh, a two person experience or a three person experience. Um, right. wh- how do you, how can, how do boundaries come into this? And how do you think about the use of boundaries? Boundaries are so important. And that was something that I struggled with because I grew up with my mother being an alcoholic. So there were no boundaries set in my home. You know, someone that's drunk has zero boundaries. So I've never had that demonstrated to me. You know, she was like what, running all over my boundaries, you know. So then when I started entering relationships when I was younger, I would see where I didn't know how to set a healthy boundary or I didn't understand that, you know, you need to have these boundaries and you need to be able to be firm in your yes and your no. So with consent, with sex, it comes consent and with sharing your boundaries and what are the things I'm open to exploring or I'm not. And when you, if you're even wanting to try something new with a partner, be a full yes to it. If you're a maybe, keep it on the no for a while until you're really a full yes to wanting to do it. So know what your boundaries are. You know, like I could be like, I definitely don't want to do this with intimacy or sex or with a partner that's a, that's a limit for me. And just knowing what that is and having that respect within, with your partner who you're with of respecting those boundaries and understanding what those things are. Yeah. Yeah. I, you, you feel, I feel bad for people that, that don't have those boundaries and you can, you oftentimes, 
I mean, the, the the clients that I work with are, are you know such a wide array from different different places, and you know, in order to hire a coach like yourself, in order to hire a coach like myself, you have to be interested in personal growth. You have to be invested in it. You know, you're putting in the yeah. time and the money and the attention to 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 grow. And when you find someone, when you're working some, with someone that that doesn't have great boundaries, that just says yes to to just about anything, um, establishing that, teaching someone to like have their own power, like retain your power. Like you're, you don't, you don't have to say yes to everybody. You, you, in fact, learning no is a really powerful thing. <clears throat> it's, it, it's really useful for you to be able to, to like make choices that are the best for you, like you as an individual. And, um, I, I imagine that when it comes to, you know, sexual growth and sexual exploration, that, that it's an important, important thing. Yeah. Very much so. And when I coach my clients, I just remind them that remember when you're saying yes to someone else, you're saying no to yourself. What are you saying no to? You're still saying no. So are you saying no to yourself or to someone else? So then I invite them. The invitation is just in just not with sex, but in just the simplest task or things for the day to be sure you say no at least this many times a day. Mm, yeah. You know, at least five to 10 times a day, use your voice to say no. Right. And then that makes it easier for you. And just to realize, you know, you're saying no to yourself. So be aware of that. And you don't want to be um, putting yourself, you know, you don't want to put everyone else in, above you because you're not going to achieve your goals in life. If you put everyone's needs above your own, you're going to begin to resent. Yeah. Yeah. I see that expressed a lot with email. You know, email can be, this is just, a, I mean, it's just something that we all have, right? You can be so distracted by email, which is just other people's shit somehow landing in your universe and that you like, mm -hmm. oh, I'll be, okay, I'll respond to that. Or, oh, uh, maybe I will go buy this handkerchief that I just got, you know, it's promotional email or, you know, other people's stuff finds its way into our universe literally hundreds of times a day, every single day. And, and being able to, to, to even just manage your email is such an empowering thing. You know, uh, I, I, you know, talk with about, um, email blocking. So only checking your email like twice a day. Most of us leave up the tabs all day in our browser. And it's like, we just go check it every four or five minutes when we're working on the computer. And it's just like, you're just constantly giving away your attention. You're constantly just like saying, saying yes to other people's stuff, but you don't have to, you don't have to do that. Don't do that. Yeah. And create rituals, like creating a ritual in the morning where you do what your practices are for the day that are good for yourself and not opening emails till later in the day. Because you want to use your bandwidth and your energy for your most creative, you know, in the morning or if that's your peak time, you don't want to start get sucked into other people's worlds and be distracted. You need to focus on what is your mission? What are the three big things you want to accomplish that day? Like take care of your needs first. And you know, when you open up your phone and you look at a bunch of emails, it's almost like if you open your eyes in the morning and there's like 70 people standing yeah. in your bedroom, that's <laughs> yeah. freaking weird, right? So yeah. it's like, hey, hey, let me just, can you just like let me land here today and let me just have a moment and process? Yeah. You just, it's creepy. And so you're allowing <laughs> people to intrude on your space. So just to understand that, like even energetically, what you're allowing in your space. Yeah, I like that. Um, what about for folks who, um, you know, we have these different areas of focus in our life, and and I think for for a lot of a lot of people who listen to this podcast, they're really focused on um, doing good work, right? Um, mm -hmm. Being fit, being focused, doing good work, making a difference in the world, and and that, and and for those of you listening right now, you're like, yeah, that's me, that's me, that's me. I know, I know, that's you. I think that for some folks like that, that sometimes sexual exploration takes a back seat. Um, it's maybe not the one or the two or maybe the four or five or six most important thing in their life. Whether they're single people, dating, married for a long time, um, sex is just not that important to them. And and maybe they're, maybe it's, um, it's a hormone thing and they're sort of out of whack and, and, and there's some ideas for that. Um, or maybe they're, that's just the way that they're built. And, and I wonder, you know, as a, as an expert in this, in this area, um, do you think it's okay? Uh, well, that's a judgment. That's a, that's an, a judgment and, and maybe that's not the right way to ask it. But for people who, who just sort of like, Hey, it's not the most important thing to me. I like it. It's fine. It's good. I have it. 
occasionally, but I don't think about it. I'm, I'm not particularly interested in exploring my own personal, you know, tantric energy. Um, it's just sort of a thing that I do sometimes. Uh, what, what do you say to folks like that who have, who have less of a drive and, and feel okay about it? I mean, on the surface, they may feel okay about it because they don't really know what's available to them. And they're not really experiencing sex in a really amazing way. Like, you know, some of my male clients will be like, you know, my wives are, are not really enjoy having sex with me. I'm like, well, if you work with me for a while, your wives will be bothering you and be the ones being like, hey, can we have sex again? But a lot of times for women, the men aren't really tapping into without having these practices and techniques that I teach males. They're not able to really have the connection and have the intimacy and have the prolonged pleasure with their wives and or their partners so that they can expand and have something that really hmm. can shift your consciousness and your awareness. It was really healing for me. I didn't expect that when I had my first experience with Tantra, but it was a catalyst for completely changing my life. And I was already having great sex. I already liked sex. I was having, I was like Samantha from Sex in the City hmm. and I was having sex you know, better sex than most of my friends. I'd be like, you need to write a book. I was always giving sex advice. And when I had this experience, I was like, wow, I didn't even know this was possible for me. I already thought I had already experienced it all. And this is, I realized I merely had scratched the surface that I, just the tip of the iceberg is all that I had been experiencing. And it should open up a whole new world for me. So I felt then like Alice in Wonderland going down the rabbit hole and just exploring like if I couldn't experience this in my body and I didn't even know that was possible. What else is possible for hmm. me? And I know some females will be like, oh my gosh, what do you mean you have sex for five hours? That sounds like, oh, I would just, I would just rather fake my orgasm and be done with it. Like, I don't, that sounds exhausting. But what happens in that moment is the five hours, you're having such amazing, immense levels, a high, high levels of pleasure that you, you know, a lot of time is passing, but at the same time, when you're done, you feel like maybe just 20 minutes went by because mm -hmm. it is just that much of an amazing, fun, passion filled experience. And you're like, wow, like, oh my gosh, it's like, are you serious? Like I thought maybe one hour max, like five hours. Mm -hmm. And so it's just such a beautiful experience. And, and you're, for me, I was able to experience these prolonged states of pleasure and these elevated states of bliss and consciousness. So it was really healing for me, but we do not, we have not been taught in our society how to have sex like this. Hmm. We're only taught in society, like by school, they teach us our sex education is don't get pregnant, wait until you're married, don't get an STD. No one says, you know what, your bodies are wired to experience pleasure. You can experience amazing levels of pleasure and bliss in your body. And if you do these things, it's going to totally enhance your life and you're going to tap into your most creative power, into your life force, your chi energy, and you're going to be unstoppable. Like no one tells us that, hmm. right? So because we haven't tapped into it and explored it, then we're like, oh yeah, that thing, it's okay. You know, hmm. because it hasn't been served up to us properly. It's kind of like if you go to someone and they cook a dish and they're just so, so at it, or it's kind of like hamburger helper style. It's like, meh. Or if you have a gourmet chef that's really performing it and making it into an art and then you eat it, it's a completely different experience. Hmm. And with Tantra, it's almost having sex and pleasure on all different levels and using all your sensations at the same time. So it's really, really powerful stuff. But the other part of it, there's so many layers to it is like, are you thinking sex isn't that important because you grew up with so much shame around sex? So you've been so repressed and you have these tapes in your mind or even subconscious where you tend to shy away from sex or you think for women that you think only bad girls do that or only sluts do that. Or I couldn't, if I told my husband, I really wanted to do that. He would wonder where did I get that from? And there's all this judgment, you know, that, that happens between males and females. And it's like, we can be married. We can actually be intimate and have sex, but we are afraid or have fear or feel shame about expressing maybe what our fantasies are, or what we would really like to explore. Like we can't even have these powerful conversations with the people we love the most because mm. so much shame around this topic, like no one educated us on it. So what are the three main things in society people get messed up on money, parenting and sex. And in school, are we ever educated on how to handle money? No. Are we ever educated properly on sex? No. Are we ever educated on parenting? No. 
it's like, okay, oh, here's a baby. Hope you figure it out. Right. Mm -hmm. And so then the wounds and stuff from generation to generation keep being passed down and the shame with sex keeps being passed down and it's time to break those things. And even me trying to talk about these things on social media, you know, my, my posts will get flagged or something. And it's just Mm -hmm. like, I'm like this, this is not with our community guidelines. Yeah. You would have no community if you there was no sex. <laughs> None of us would be here. Good so point. I don't know why you want to act like sex is so bad. You better be thinking, God, that you're, or Buddha, whoever you believe in, that sex existed. Because if it didn't, you wouldn't be existing. Right. Right? So, so just tapping into fully what's possible for us and just knowing, using as a tool for empowerment, for deeper intimacy, for deeper connection within ourselves and then with another person. And then you can be like, oh, wow, I never knew I could experience it like that. I didn't realize that was possible for Mm me. And then when we go to look at sex, males will go and even females will go and look at porn to see how to have sex. And that's very miseducational. You know what I'm saying? And so I'll just show you something really quick, just a simple practice, just to show you some as a demonstration. So I want you to get your hands and rub them together very quickly, like creating a lot of friction really fast. Okay. And then I just want you to slow down. Now just slow down, really slow with the touch with your hands. Now notice how much more sensation you're feeling here based on this. But what do men see? They see the jackrabbit move. You know, they see, oh, thrusting harder, faster, pumping away. And they're exhausting themselves, right? And they're thinking they're really doing a whole lot when they're doing this. But the feminine, like females, we don't feel that much when you do that. Hmm. So it's like all this like thrusting. It's it's not, you're, you know, you're just wearing yourself out and you're missing the point. Hmm. But that's what we've seen because that's what we've seen in porn. And I'm uh, one of my friends is a very famous like in the Hall of Fame porn star and she would just call her when she would do porn, she was like, oh, it's cardio with penetration. Huh. You know, it's it didn't mean it wasn't even sex to her. And I introduced her to her current husband. And when he met her, I was like, whatever you do, because he'd seen porn. So I was like, whatever you do, do not have sex with her like you see in a porn. She is not going to want that. Like a porn star doesn't want to be having sex like that. Okay. Mm. So it's just something that also short changes us and then men get addicted. And if you also think because of shame, again, shame strikes again, we don't want to be caught by our parents when we're younger and we're masturbating. So we do things that very quickly yeah. to get from point A to point B. So then that with neuroplasticity in our brain, that groove, that pleasure pathway gets deeper and deeper. The more times you repeat that. So whenever I work with my clients, we focus on neuroplasticity nutrition and things that help to increase your neuroplasticity in your brain and creating new pleasure pathways. So you create new pathways of pleasure and you can experience pleasure in your body in a different way. So it's rewiring your pleasure system. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So cool. You, 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 you drop neuroplasticity in this. I was not expecting that. Uh, <laughs> From porn to neuroplasticity. <laughs> yeah. That's, me. that's awesome. I mean, that's really cool. And, and that we, you know, we've, it's a, that's a term that comes up fairly frequently in this podcast. And whether we're talking about, you know, um, staving off against cognitive decline or psychedelic experiences or, you know, beating brain fog, like neuroplasticity is super critical. Um, it's awesome. Super interesting. Um, what, what, what does it look like working with you? What, what, what does the process look like? What just paint us a picture. Um, I coach clients globally through Skype and zoom. So, um, if, if someone wants to find out about working with me, they just visit my website and we book a free 30 minute discovery call that they request. And we find out that we're a good fit to work together. Cause I don't work with just anyone. And then we'll work together for either a period of three to six months. When I do work with males that want to experience being multi-orgasmic, they'll start to have the benefits within the, even the first three months, but they won't have a full level of mastery for six to 12 months. So that process, because you've already been, it depends on how many decades you've already been using that one pleasure pathway. Hmm. But I work with my clients and then I give them like email support, you know, book recommendations, videos that I'll have them watch and other tools that I share with them in between our coaching sessions. And then each session I'm teaching them new Tantra techniques and practices. And I integrate it also with things that I know from my being a nurse and health and wellness and some other techniques for empowerment and success. And I teach them those things. And then 
between each session, they do their, their sex exercises and I say instead of their homework, their home play. <laughs> and then when we return together for the next session, we see what breakthroughs that they've had or if any blocks came up for them. And then we work past those and keep building up from there. Got it. Got it. And oh, it's been really powerful. And it's, and it, I mean, it has to be custom, right? It's not one size fits all. Yeah. 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 It's not one size fits all because everyone has something different that they're dealing with, you know, right. and working through. And I help people with the, they have the mother father wound or there's childhood traumas that can really impact our present relationships and how we relate to intimacy and connection because we didn't feel safe in our first most formative relationships. So those are things that are addressed as well. Hmm. For people who are already performing at a high level in lots of different areas of their life, you know, um, making pretty good money, you know, I think about it. One one of the tools that I use is the life positioning system, which is eight different categories, right? It's money, family, mm-hmm. health and wellness, environment, life purpose, etc. And let's just say, you know, someone's doing pretty good. You know, uh, they feel. They feel good with where they're at in their life. They like where they're going. They like themselves, and they're they're nourished in all these different ways. And their and their sex with their uh, with their partner is 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 good, satisfactory. Do you think that of all the different things that they could be focusing on, right? They could be getting more fit um, um, physically. They could increase their spiritual practice, or you know, dial in their professional development. Um, would you say that that enhancing their sexual prowess and using sexual energy should be like at the top of the things that they should be, that they should be working on. Most definitely because it's going to impact all those areas because whenever, when one of the things is whenever you are working on your spiritual practices, it involves meditation, breath work practices and those things because your brain is the largest sex organ. So we go into things with your meditative mindset, things that can distract you from having um, amazing orgasms and pleasure and how to have deep intimacy and connection in your relationships. And when you can know how to have deep connection and intimacy in relationships and you have that deep satisfaction on a whole different level. And like when I had my first, uh, tantric orgasm, I said, I felt like I had a soul orgasm. When you have mm-hmm. that level of a connection with someone, you strengthen your relationship with your partner and then your other relationships flow so much better as well. You just move through the world with a whole different confidence hmm. and your creativity is enhanced. People will have more success. That's why in Napoleon Hill's book, Think and Grow Rich, it a chapter was dedicated. And this is in the 1930s when sex was even more of a shameful topic. Right. And it was known that this was so important for launching people and to be more successful. And it's so great for your physical health, too. And your pelvic floor, we do pelvic floor strengthening because your pelvic floor has all these muscles that are layered on top of one another and we'll go to the gym and do workouts. But are you doing things to keep your pelvic floor strong? Because then as you're aging, are you going to have urine and stool leaking? You know, that's not sexy as you get to be an older person and then you're going to strengthen your erections. Um, you're going to have better sex. And then you're going to also, even though everything is great for you now, as you age and you're in your sixties, you don't want any Viagra and things like that. So for the exercises that I get, both men and women, the women will have more intense orgasms and the men will have stronger erections. And then pleasure is medicine. So when you're able to, we see so many people in our world that they're on paper, they're good and they're successful in all these areas, but are they really embodied? Hmm. Do they really know how to drop in and be present with themselves? Are they disconnected from their sexual energy because they have shame about it and they're they're not fully connecting and they're not fully powered up within that. And in the Taoist techniques, this sexual energy, they would channel it through your body and your organ systems to keep your vitality. It's like a fountain of youth. Mm-hmm. So whenever you look at people that are having a lot of dissatisfaction in their lives and their relationships, and when I would have patients that would be having disease, I would look at them, they would be, have like a lot of stress. And you could tell they didn't look like they were having great sex. Yeah. They were stressed. They were anxious, this and that. And then it shows up in your body as disease because of dis-ease. It's dissatisfaction in your body. So you can see how people move in the world and they look like they have not had good sex. Yeah. You can see how that imprints on their body, how energetically they move, how their confidence is. And so you can see people who stuff that down and feel bad and feel really uncomfortable about it. And they're just in the logical mind. Mm. They can think a lot and operate 
but fully they're not really fully showing up for themselves or showing up in their full essence to the mm. world. Like you just move through the world in a different way. So if you want to yeah. really increase your magnetism, your confidence, and you know, it translates over to being, I call it called successful, but you're going to be more successful in your life when you have a better sex life. Yeah. You know, because you're going to flow through the world in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. I think, of, yeah, I think about, I think about people who, who seem to have it all together, but they're just a little stiff, you know, <laughs> they're just, it's like something's, something's, something's not, something's not totally optimized there. Something's not, not really fully realized or being nourished in a way. And, um, you know, I hadn't really made that connection between having a unsatisfactory sex life, self-sex mm-hmm. or with a partner. And the fact that that does, does promote stress. You're missing out on that, on that, that endorphin, the chemical release that when you have a really fulfilling and nourishing sexual experience and, yeah. and it, it, and I see the connection. I see it clearly, you know, it's just like you're pent, you're pent up or stiff or rigid or, you know, and that's, that's a bummer. That's a bummer, man. Yeah, you want to live an orgasmic life yeah. and go through the world with embodying pleasure and love and passion and creativity. Yeah. I really think that, you know, as a, again, as a coach, you know, we look at all the different areas, how people are showing up, like, how are you with your kids? How are you with your work, with your spiritual, again, with these sort of core eight categories and, mm-hmm. and romance and romance and intimacy, which leads me to another question. Romance and intimacy is, um, is one of the core eight categories. And inevitably, if someone's like an eight out of 10 with money and, uh, you know, eight out of 10 with health, you can kind of imagine that family is probably around a six spiritual developments, you know, five or four and romance and intimacy is rarely above, you know, a five or a six. And that's a, you know, that's their own assessment to themselves. And, and if you really want to be the best version of you, of you in this incarnation, you gotta, you gotta nourish, you gotta nourish all of that. The, the, the question is, um, you know, romance and intimacy is one of these categories. How do you make a distinction between romance and intimacy? Or are they the same? They're very, they're very similar. It's just, you know, romance is like you can be thoughtful and be romantic and do romantic gestures and bring someone flowers and take them to a nice dinner. And, you know, that's the romance. But intimacy is like a really deep connection. It's like into me you see. Hmm. And at first with yourself, into me I see. So being able to do eye gazing, how often is it that we can have sex with a partner but we – are uncomfortable if they hold eye contact with us or we need to have all the lights off. Like, are you really able to fully see your partner and fully be seen by your partner? Are you having sex? And whenever you're having sex, you're just doing acrobatics and positions or you're, you know, when you're with your partner. And a lot of times I don't think males realize that females were very intuitive. So sometimes you'll males will feel an, a frustration with the female, with the feminine, but it's that we're very intuitive. And so sometimes we can really sense when we're having sex with a partner and they're in using fantasy in their mind and they're going through something that they've seen, like if they have a porn addiction or something like that, and they're disconnecting while they're connected to us. And it really feels as if they're just masturbating inside of our bodies. Mm. And it's, it's not a really good feeling for the woman. So then when you're like, your woman is not really wanting to be with you, it's because you're not fully showing up. And, and women can do the same thing with men or be distracted about the things. That's why it's important to pay attention to your largest sex organ, the brain, right? But intimacy is like fully being seen, letting all your walls down, letting someone fully see you. So even now when I start and I'm going to start dating, I um, was having a conversation with someone and I was just so transparent in how I was speaking about things. And they're like, wow, I'm like, never had anyone be this honest and open in these kind of conversations. And I said, yeah, I I reflected. I was like, you know, I'm realizing as I've been able to do the work on myself and I'm more honest with myself and I'm not hiding from myself, then I'm braver in how I speak to other people. And I'm just like, this is what it is. And I'm not trying to sugarcoat anything. You're not meeting with my representative. This is who I am (laughs) and this is going to work or it's not going to work. So, 
just being able to be fully seen and really dropping in and really being present and have an honoring and a connection with the person that you're physically there with on a deep level and honoring and like witnessing their pleasure and, and just, you know, just feeling that connection is so powerful. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. That's so cool. Man, I'm, I've learned so much in this conversation. I've, I've really enjoyed, enjoyed this. Um, Likewise. Likewise. I'm trying to think, cause this is sort of a, a, a question that I use frequently is like, how do people try to discredit or poo poo or cast aside the work that you do or the things that you're passionate about? I think that they just are a little confused by it. I don't really have people that are trying to tear it down. I don't really experience that. I just think that they don't have an understanding or an awareness about it because it's not talked about. Or when we think about Tantra, we think of seeing having sex for nine hours and that that's how it was brought into mainstream, you know, years ago. But Tantra is really a tool for transformation and for self-actualization. So on Maslow's hierarchy of needs, if you really want to self-actualize, Tantra will give you the tools for that transformation because it works with your energy centers in your body. It works with your self-love, works with boundaries. I mean, it's just such a healing, healing tool. And with all that tool healing and all of the transformation you can have is you're a better person, you're a better lover. And then you can connect with other people and, and drop your walls and know how to have deep intimacy with other people and share that. Hmm. So I say just at least Try to have that experience and see what's possible for you and give it some time. It's not like someone's going to have one session with me. It's not like you're going to go to the gym and all of a sudden you're right. going to come out ripped with a trainer. Like you would take some time to unlearn because you've been doing things for a certain way for decades. So I help clients either with like porn addiction, erectile dysfunction, premature ejaculation, or have females call in better partners and have more powerful orgasms and also with law of attraction stuff. So that's kind of like the gamut, self-love, self-pleasure, all of that. But I say, just try it. What do you have to lose whenever you're investing on yourself? You are your, you know, you're never going to go wrong when you invest in yourself. Yeah. And I know when I've invested in myself and I've had powerful coaches, man, my life has shifted by leaps and bounds. And yeah. I'm, I'm, now I'm hooked. I will never stop investing in myself. And the best coaches always have coaches because you know yeah. what's available for you. So you're like, and then your coaches have even better coaches and you're like, all right, I'm going to level up because I want to be working up here. So it's just amazing. But, you know, we'll spend a thousand dollars on an iPhone or a few thousand dollars <sighs> on a handbag and it has no return value to us. And then when it comes to investing in ourselves, we're like, oh, my gosh, I've never done that. I always have to look out for myself or get this for my wife or put money in my business. But I never think about investing in myself. But yeah. You're your best investment. You'll never regret it if you invest in yourself and just see what's possible for you. You could live life in a way you never imagined possible. Yeah. I hear, 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 said the coaches to the coach. I, you, you, if, if you're not, if you're not growing, then you're backsliding. You're, if you're not learning new things and trying new things and expanding your consciousness and expanding your experience and learning new to, I mean, the people listening to this podcast uh, they, they learn. That's what they, you know. That's what they're here for is to learn, learn so these. New, yeah, and and you know, taking that a step further and having um having a co-pilot that will help you, like think through things and and activate and help you stay accountable to that. Um, yeah, for me, I I always have a coach. Um, and as a coach, it's it's really important for me because I I'm I'm not I'm nowhere near where I want to be. Yeah, that's really well said. Well, before we ask, we, me and the mouse in my pocket, ask you the final question, which is a fill in the blank. Where can people find you and where can they connect? Um, yes, Tantra.com is a great way to find me. I'm also on YouTube, which is Yes Tantra. Instagram and social media is just at Yes Tantra, Y-E-S-T-A-N-T-R-A. And then you can connect with me through the links in my social media profiles and the YesTantra.com and see about finding time to have a discovery call with me. And then we can see kind of if you're having intimacy blocks or if you're doing great and thriving, but you just want to up level and explore what's fully possible for you. And I had an amazing awakening in my life from from a man who had been studying Tantra for a year. And he was a huge catalyst for my life. And I found that this was so healing that I just left a 30 year career as a nurse to be go full in on teaching Tantra because I was like, this is what can help to open people's hearts and be so healing in people's lives. And I got tired of helping people 
when they're facing death and they're having regret taking their last breath, I was like, oh, it would just break my heart. There's nothing I could do to change what happened, their experience in their lifetime. I could just give them compassion that moment. But Tantra, I was like, this is a tool where I can meet people in an earlier place in their life path, help them optimize their health, optimize their experience. So when they do take their last breath, they're not having regrets. Hmm. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Um, wow. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so this is the, the, the last question. If you, if you, this okay. can be based on just about anything, you know, it doesn't have to be specific to Tantra. It can, and you can elaborate as much or as little as you would like. If you would please fill in the blank, everyone would benefit from knowing that pleasure is medicine and that we're all very orgasmic people and stop having shame about your, about sex and pleasure. Hmm. Awesome. Dominique, thank you so much for joining me today on the Optimal Performance Podcast. Thank you so much for having me here. I just want to say thank you for listening to this episode. I am always grateful for each of you that listen to each of these episodes. Some of you are brand new to this to this podcast, and I'm so glad you're here. Some of you listen every single week. Some of you have listened to every single episode of this podcast since it was began since it was began, since it since Ryan Muncy started it and back when I was a guest on this podcast in episode four. Uh, I just am really thankful. And one thing that you can do to say thank you for all of this dope free content is to share this episode. It's super hard to do on um, Apple Podcasts. All you got to do is what, just go to the app and then click on it to maximize it. And in the bottom right-hand corner, there's three dots. You click on the three dots, it will pull up the menu. You can say remove, go to show, don't say remove. It'll say go to show, play next, play play later. Um, just copy the link, and then once that link is copied, just post it. Just share it with a friend, send it in a text message, or share it on social media. That's the that's the way it'll reach the most amount of people, and um, that's the way that you can say thank you. That's the way that you can help grow this podcast because um, that's the way it works. Is when you share it with people and they listen and they get inspired and they learn something cool and new then they want to share with their friends it's super hard to do though obviously on uh, apple podcast on spotify which i know is a growing massively growing uh, podcast platform if you're listening to this on spotify um, um, all you got to do is click on the three dots and click on share um, just right below and then it will pop up the options where you can you can uh, share it right on social platforms so that's the best way if you want to say thank you if you really appreciate this content um, that's the way to do it also uh, for those of you who have sent me your email and are part of the pilot for virtual biohacking assistant that email is going to come out shortly thank you for your interest and your support and also thank you to natural stacks who are um, allies friends bros in this podcast world, They're, they have available CBD gummies, whole body carrots, uh, 15 milligrams per serving of these little gummy bears that are CBD. There's no THC in them. They are incredible. I absolutely love them. Uh, anytime support designed for rest, calm, and relaxation, relieve stress and support deep sleep, fight inflammation, and they taste really good. The natural organic uh, ingredients, organic beet isolate, sugar, dahlia syrup, crystalline glucose, um, uh, carnabua leaf, wax, citric acid, natural fruit juice flavors, pectin. Uh, these are amazing gummies, CBD gummies, and you should check them out. So go to naturalstacks.com and click on the CBD gummies and use the code o, uh, <laughs> OPP15 for 15% off. Okay. Um, I'm going to just go right from this podcast into the next editing. I've got like, like 11 podcasts that I am eager to get to you. So if you can keep up, if you can keep listening, I'll keep putting I'll keep putting them out there. Please share this with your friends. I appreciate you. Peace and love. Uh, see you on the internet.